Hi, thanks for joining. So we're going to start in a bit. Just give people more time to show up. Thanks for joining everyone. Alex, welcome. I've invited you to be a speaker. Amazing. So we're going to start in like uh, two minutes. Let's give uh, people more time to show up. And we're also looking forward to having Brianna on the call. So Brianna is the executive director of the Interledger Foundation. Okay, so I think we can get started. Uh, welcome everyone to the first Twitter spaces. Uh, we're gonna be talking about Interledger and also related projects. And in today's uh, session, we have uh, Alex Lakatos. So uh, I'm gonna let Alex introduce himself. But before that, I'm just gonna do a short intro of myself. So as most of you know, my name is Uchi and I am the Director of Developer Relations at COIL. So COIL is building uh, on Interledger to enable content creators to earn from their content. And my role at COIL involves uh, working with developers to help promote the work that we're doing to enable more developers to build open systems for the web. So I'll pass it on, on now to Alex to introduce uh, himself, please. Hello, everyone. Um, I'm Alex, and I do, uh, I do a bunch of things in this world. One of the, the, the new things I do is I help the Interledger Foundation 
by being the technology lead here. I've only been doing this for the past couple of months. So a lot of the questions directed at me are going to end with, I'll tweet at you later, I promise. Be patient. Um, but what I'm, trying to, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to figure out where the protocol is going, how we can get more people on the public network, and how we can enable web monetization to kind of go broader. I, um, I also have with me on stage Brianna. Um, Brianna is the executive director of the foundation, and I'm going to let her introduce herself as well. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Brianna, as Alex just said, and I'm the executive director of the Interledger Foundation. And I kind of lead where, what our strategic goals and visions are for the foundation as it relates to using the Interledger protocol technology. Um, we are focused on using the technology as a catalyst for financial inclusion. And that is by using open payments and web monetization. Thank you. Amazing. Thanks for joining, Brianna, and thanks for the intro. So we're going to move on now to uh, talk a little bit about uh, why we're having this session. So we want to uh, do an intro to Interledger for those that are not like familiar with it. I know a lot of you have seen a lot about Interledger and also the work that's been done with the Interledger Foundation and Grant for the Web. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about all of those programs and also opportunities uh, for involvement. So if you're looking to apply for the grant and you have questions, or so if you're looking to kind of learn more about uh, what the Interledger protocol is and how it could fit into the work that you're doing, uh, now is you're in the right place because we're going to be going through all of that. And at the end, uh, you have the opportunity to join as a speaker and also uh, ask some questions. So, so to kick things off, I'm going to um, start with Brianna to maybe share a little bit about uh, what Interledger is to someone that is not familiar with payments or someone in that is not in the cryptocurrency space. Uh, how would what would be the best way to describe inter the Interledger protocol, please? Um, yeah, so you can really think of the Interledger protocol having two tracks. Um, one is the open payments, and which I just mentioned, and that is Interledger's ability to transfer money from one person to another, regardless of the currency that's being used. So if you wanted to transfer a cryptocurrency to a fiat or what, like a, an example of fiat currency is USD. So cryptocurrency to USD, if you wanted to transfer USD to Thai bot, you can do so in a way that is very fast and um, with low fees. So right now, trying to transfer money to another place, uh, especially to another country across borders, it's a little slow and clunky and it's expensive. And so the Interledger Foundation solves the problem in, um, in transferring those funds. And that helps with um, people who are in other countries who might want to engage uh, in commerce, someone wanting to send money home to their relative that's in a different place. 
Um, the other way that it can be helpful is um, with web monetization. So say for instance, um, you're a blogger and you make money by um, having ads on your site or paywalls, what the Interledger protocol can do is enable micropayments to be streamed to a digital wallet that you would have so that you would get money for every second that someone spends on your site versus having advertising or paywalls, which um, historically have had very low conversion rates um, and be able to get paid for your work that way. Amazing. Thanks, Brianna, for breaking it down uh, for us. I really like what you mentioned about the two use cases, potential use cases of Interledger. So for payments, streaming payments, and also how it, how it applies to web monetization with enabling any content creator to earn from the content that they create online. Thank you. And Alex, do you want to uh, speak about the, maybe for, for the developers uh, on the call, uh, how would you explain uh, Interledger and how does it apply to, to devs? Yes, thank you. Thank you for that question. So if you think about Interledger, Interledger is two parts. Interledger is the Interledger protocol, which is a set of words on a piece of paper in a PDF, actually. It all started as words in a PDF, right, which defines a set of protocols to actually move money inside of a network. And then there is the Interledger, which is the network that actually implements that protocol stack and that kind of moves the money around. And if you think about the Interledger protocol, it's not something that's alien. It's not something that's supposed to feel extremely different. And that's because Evan and Evan and Stefan, when they created it, they want people to kind of get it straight away. And they modeled the current version of the Interledger protocol on the TCPIP protocol. So the same way TCPIP is the protocol, is a protocol stack, a bunch of rules of engaging. And the, mo the, 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 the biggest open network that's running, or the biggest public network that's running TCPIP is colloquially known as the internet. It kind of works the same way with Interledger. Interledger is a protocol and Interledger is a network. Now, in terms of the protocol, because it's modeled after TCP IP, it kind of breaks down to the same to the same stack. It's got an application layer or something that's supposed to be embedded into an, an application layer, which is called SPSP, Simple Payment Setup Protocol. Uh, which is basically because it's a network and when you, if you think about a, a network of computers on the internet, the moment you add an extra computer on the network, everybody else's address kind of shifts a little bit. It's the same on Interledger. When you add a new node in the network, everybody's address shifts a little bit. So it's a dynamic addressing system. But the SPSP makes that a fixed point where you could get everybody's address in the current moment. So you could go to my payment pointer and figure out what my current address in the network is so you could start streaming money towards my address. The next lever is a transport lever, the, a transport level protocol, and that's where a lot of devs would, would get abstractions from some of the current tools that we have, like Rafiki, for example. It would abstract a lot of those, those layers for you, so you wouldn't have to implement 
a transport layer. What we use right now for transport layer is called stream. And that's the part that's designed to make money move in a streaming fashion. Um, the, the protocol is designed with the idea of competition in mind. So there could be a future where there's a competing protocol, to, a, a competing transport le level protocol to stream, which would work in a different fashion. And then the next level is where all that gets really like the internet because you know how you, the internet sends pa little packets of data across itself? Well, the next level is just that, the encryption level. And IntelliJ sends IntelliJ packets, which is basically really fractions of a cent in a binary format, which then gets sent to, via the transport layer. And then the um, because the name says IntelliJ, it's designed to connect different ledgers or accounting system or account system, not necessarily accounting systems. And that's where the packets actually kind of plug into the ledger so the next layer is what we call the bilateral transfer protocol and that's a way for the ledger to talk to the interledger network right so for example my bank could be a ledger in the system the same way we currently have one of the digital wallet providers um which is uphold uphold is a ledger because they have accounts and i have my account with uphold and that connects into the network so it kind of works. It kind of works similar to the internet, where networks talk to each other, nodes in the network talk to each other. It's designed to work similar to that. And because when you think about TCP/IP, right, not a lot of developers today. Every every developer today probably uses TCP/IP in some form form or address, but not everybody has written their own TCP/IP protocols. What we're trying to do with Rafiki is kind of create the level of abstraction. So you could join the network, you could use the intelligent network to transfer money to, to move money around to get paid without having to implement all of those levels of the protocol that I just, just told you. So you only have to deal with the application level with your application layer the same way you do with TCP IP. I feel like I've talked too much and this problem was <laughs> way too deep. Yeah, thanks, Alex. That was super helpful especially the way you explained uh, the different uh, layers. And also, I like what you mentioned about uh, Interledger being independent of cryptocurrencies and also being independent of Ledger. So it could work with any crypto and also it could work uh, with any fiat currency. And all that matters is that we're sending payment uh, packets across the, the network. Yeah, I, I stayed away from, from mentioning any of that because when you think about the TCPIP, protocol it talks about how to how to plug things into a network it doesn't really tell you what the thing is the same way intelligent doesn't really tell you what the ledger is so tcpip actually doesn't say you need to have a macbook to connect it only connects macbooks it actually connects anything that can connect into it and it's the same way for for interledger it can connect anything that that's a ledger so a ledger could be my bank account which is in pounds or dollars or whatever or uphold which has both dollars and cryptocurrencies or anything like that so the whole network is designed to move from one one into the other and it doesn't even have to move the same thing and i think that's one of the beauties like if i have dollars and i want to send you canadian dollars uchi if i i want to send that i don't have to worry about the exchange and i don't have to exchange my man money first the network is going to do that exchange for me so i send dollars and you receive canadian dollars without me having to figure out how to, to make the switch 
That makes a lot of sense. So that, that means that there is some uh, settlement mechanism or settlement uh, nodes that are, that will be part of a network for that to happen. Um, yeah, and that's that's one of the that's one of the interesting things. I think it's the system is designed so you could settle any way you like with your peer node. Um, I think the reason this was made way back, this decision was made way back in the day, is the people who designed Interledger for the first time used to use their own version of Interledger to kind of pay for lunch and then settle amongst themselves. So the settlement level could actually be cash in hand. It didn't really matter. The network just needed to be settled somehow. The settlement mechanism is up to the peer nodes in the network. So for example, if you want a peer, if, if you want a peer with uphold, that probably means it's an invoice. If it, we're talking about a bank, that probably means sending, sending the IOU to the bank without having to worry about the physical physical fund. So the settlement layer is open-ended, so you could use it with any type of settlement engine you already use. Amazing. So let's move on to like uh, some exciting new developments that are happening in uh, the intelligence space. I I would uh, maybe uh, have Brianna speak about this, please. So Brianna, I'm curious, uh, what excites you about the, the future of payments with Interledger and what should uh, people in the payment space or anyone interested in uh, payments or remittances in general be looking forward to? Um, what excites me about the space is that everyone is now starting to talk about interoperability and the need for it because you know as we grow the world is just getting smaller and the need to be able to transact with people in different places including different countries is um, becoming increasingly um, a, an increasing need among people so all the banks who have the banks and people and organizations who have resisted, uh, this functionality within their infrastructure are now starting to realize that, okay, we need this and how do we do it? And so because the Interledger protocol already exists, we're like, hey, this is, this is the perfect solution for what you're looking for. Um, and so we're starting to see a lot of movement um, in other countries who really want to be able to transact with people who are outside of their traditional networks. And so we're starting to be in talks with people regarding that. Amazing. Thanks for bringing up uh, interoperability and enabling people anywhere to uh, transact uh, among themselves. Uh, Alex, I'm curious, is there something that excites you about the future of Interledger and also payments. Where do I start? I, I'm like an excited little bunny. It's only been my <laughs> second month here. Everything excites me. I think that's one of my problems right now. Everything about Interledger excites me. I'm still drinking from the fire hose. If I had to, <laughs> if I had to, to pick just one thing, I think the idea of open payments is something that really excites me because if you look at open payments and what that means, Brianna pointed out a lot of the benefits of it. And I think as a developer, I wouldn't know where to start. If I wanted something like that right now, or if I wanted to, to try to solve that issue right now, I wouldn't know where to start. But Interledger is working towards that. So instead of having to reinvent the wheel, the fact that we're working towards helping people achieve financial inclusion 
I think that excites me really, really a lot right now. And I think that's my, my biggest focus. I have to be honest, that's, that's going to be my biggest focus right now. Figuring out the way where we can make open payments a reality. Amazing. Yeah, thanks for sharing that, uh, Brianna and Alex. Yeah, I think it's really exciting just as seeing uh, the potentials and opportunity of uh, open payment and also uh, intelligent enabling payments across multiple ledgers. We've seen lots of efforts uh, of uh, different projects looking to allow cross uh, transfer between them, but Interledger really does that very, very well and allows the different protocols to agree on ways to settle, which is like super exciting. So moving on now to something not uh, Interledger related, something more on a like personal level for both uh, Brianna and Alex. So I'm curious about, could you share a little bit about how your day your day-to-day goes in like working in the intelligent ecosystem uh, maybe a typical day how does it normally start uh, alex i'll let you start off with that question uh, um so for me it's if you look at the the intelligent foundation uh, right now i think more than half of it is in this is in this twitter space and a lot of the knowledge that has to deal with Interledger comes from so many different places, right? The foundation was designed to be kind of the, the engine that pumps Interledger around a lot of different places. So it's, it's working with a lot of different people from different backgrounds, from different organizations, and trying to piece together all the knowledge that there is, just so we could document it for other people, kind of trying to decrease the barrier to entry. So my day, my day involves a lot of calls, wrangling a lot of different people, making a lot of different notes. I think since I started, I kind of went through one, one Muji notebook end to end. And it, it means taking a lot of notes and, and kind of talking to a lot of people. And whether it's people like Coil, for example, who are developing a big chunk of Rafiki right now, or people like Finboss who are trying to be, you know, um, it, it's a new startup that, that they're trying to, to basically be the intellectual road builders, helping everybody stand up their own node in intellectual stuff like that, trying to figure out how that's going to look like and trying to get some some sort of insight into intellectual is right now at V4 and that's happened over the years, trying to figure out where we're going next, what happens after version 4. So it's a lot of conversations like that happening. Uh, on top of that, I do spend I do spend a bit of time with Grant for the Web, which if you haven't heard about Grant for the Web, definitely grantfortheweb.org. It it's it's an amazing program, and it has a lot of grantees that deal with these topics: web monetization, intelligence, so trying to get feedback, or trying to, to answer questions people have around this space. And I spend my my day focusing on those two things. In the in the in, in the moments in between. I actually try to, you know, help out anywhere I can. And I think that's my that's my typical day. Anything in between is kind of spent trying to figure out where I could be useful. Amazing. That looks like a busy, very busy day, Alex. Looks like you have a very full day every day. So move move on now to Brianna, please. Um <laughs> I I my day to day is so 
different every day. Um, I could be working on like strategy with the team since we are a new foundation. Like, where are we going to be? Where do we want to be in the next year or three years? Um, or working on developing a talk for a conference that I'm going to be on, doing research for what the emerging uh, topics, the emerging trends are in this ecosystem, um, talking to different people, trying to form partnerships, seeing where synergies lie with other organizations that are working on financial inclusion. Um, also uh, looking at, because we're starting up, like just a lot of administrative stuff too, talking to our lawyers about um, certain different aspects of what we're doing and is this actually legal, what we want to do. So there, my, my day is so different each and every day, but that's part of what makes this work really exciting and fun. Amazing. Thanks for sharing that, Brianna. I really like what you mentioned about uh, speaking with others to uh, form those partnerships to amplify the work of the foundation because, I mean, we can go alone, right? Working with others would help us accomplish the goal uh, faster and also make a greater impact. So thanks for doing uh, that. So moving on, uh, I'm, I'm curious. I've been thinking a lot about uh, the work that is being done currently with the foundation and also COIL. I know some people on the call are curious about how they can get involved with Interledger. Maybe they work on some protocols or they, they are running like payment platforms or payment startups. I'm sure they are curious about how they, they might like get involved. So uh, I guess, Brianna, could you speak about opportunities for involvement for anyone that, that wants to uh, work with the foundation or work at the foundation? Sure. So there's a, a couple of different ways. Well, one, we have a lot of a lot. We have a couple of open positions at the foundation. We have a community manager. We have um, some senior, a senior technical writer, a junior technical writer, and a DX engineer uh, position open. And in addition to that, we have, as um, Alex mentioned, Grant for the Web, which is a way for developers or even content creators to be able to get a grant to work on an idea that they have. Um, so if you are interested in that, go to grantfortheweb.org. And you can apply for a, a grant that's up to $100,000. Um, but I would hurry up because the window for that closes um, next week. Um, in addition to that, any developers that want to become involved can join our community calls. We have a community call every other week where we talk about like emerging issues. We answer questions for people who want to become involved uh, in the community. And we also have a Slack channel where people can um, ask questions and all that can be accessed, the, the Slack channel and the community calls that can be accessed through our website, interledger.org, under developer tools. Amazing. Thanks, Brianna. I think that covers like a lot, right? You talked about the uh, open roles at the foundation. You also mentioned Grant for the Web, which is the $100 million fund, and also other opportunities for people to join the community. Thanks for sharing that. 
So I guess we're going to move on now to uh, qu questions from the audience. So if you have any, if you want to add to this, like ask any questions, uh, I, if you raise your hand, I would unmute you or I'll bring you up as a speaker. So th this could be about uh, Grant for the Web, Interledger Protocol, the Interledger Foundation, or some other work that is being done in the eco ecosystem as it relates to potentially how you could uh, integrate with uh, the Interledger Protocol or things like that. So if there are any, I saw someone that raised their hands before. Let me see if I can bring them up. So, uh, And in the meantime, uh, Alex, could you speak a little bit about, uh, for, the, for those that don't join like Interledger, like in one of those, in one of the roles that we have open, uh, what other areas can they uh, be involved? I think, I think one of the things that's really, really going for us as a foundation and as an ecosystem is we're open. Right, it's, and we're built on open, open source, open standards. We're really transparent with, with what we do. That's why we have the community calls. That's what it's kind of one big happy family. Join us. There's code you can contribute to. There's documentation you can write. Thank God, there's documentation you can write. It doesn't have to be code. Uh, there's even small things like you have a website. Put a payment pointer on it. I guarantee it takes less than five minutes to put a payment pointer on your website. See how it goes. That's how I got started into this ecosystem. So I, I knew about Interledger and web monetization before I joined. And the reason I knew about that is there was a hackathon on Dev2 about web monetization, which I didn't participate in. But I read up and I was like, what's this payment pointer thing? How do I get one? It took me five minutes on Uphold. And I put it on my website. And I think uh, next month, it's gonna, no, two months from now, it's going to be a year from that. And I made probably 10 pounds on my website just by putting that five-minute payment pointer. But I knew about the space. I kind of followed along the space. Simple things help. Every little bit helps. So if, you're not, if you don't have time to write code, we'd appreciate that, by the way. If you don't want to get involved with documentation, just put a payment pointer on your website, and that's actually helpful. Really, really helpful. Amazing. Thanks, Alex. So uh, to wrap things up, uh, you can get started with adding the payment pointer that Alex mentioned by going to developers.coil.com. And also, we have some open roles at Coil. So we have a role for senior product designer, senior software engineer and also a WordPress community manager. So if, you're, uh, if you know anyone that would be a good fit for that, please feel free to have them apply or apply or reach out to me and send me a DM and I'll be happy to answer any uh, questions. So I think that's all for today. And thank you, Brianna and Alex for joining. This is the first time we're doing this and we're, we hope we'll be doing this uh, every week. As because we see that there's lots of engagement. So thank, thanks everyone for, for, for joining. This is amazing. Thank you. Thank you, Chief, for putting this together. It was really good. Had a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll do it again soon. Amazing. Thanks all.